Do you have a great idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? You need to know about Anchor.fm. Anchor has created tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Add songs from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so we can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Best of all, it's completely free. So take the first step. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Don't be sad because there's no. a million more things behind the album. Right, right. It. But oh, outside from yeah. looking into outside. Um, tidbit in Australia, the end of at the after outside, you get the honey club mixes. Oh, the, really? Yeah, and the so so deaf mix. Oh, they did that. Yes, yeah, added some oh. bonus tracks. Oh, well, we got those on the single. Uh huh. But yeah. not on the album. I didn't know they did that. Yeah, it's two bonus tracks. Oh. But this is technically the end of the album. Yes, it is. It wraps it up. Mm -hmm. It brings, I think it brings together a lot of things. A lot of Mariah's uncertainties. Insecurities. Insecurities. Yeah. And I love the overall gospel feel of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, she really brings you to church here. Yes. Vocals are amazing. Yep. Absolutely stunning. Yep. Bone chilling even. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So overall, this song outside is always it's I relate to it because, you know, as being a homosexual, you're yeah. all you're on the outside there. I feel like of society every, of society. Yeah. So it's kind of like talking about her position in society, how she right. feels and interacts with other people. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people, the majority of people feel maybe at one point or another in their life a, a outsider. Mm hmm. You know, I can't, you know, speak for like, you know, you know, middle-aged white men, but mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people feel like that growing up. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's like your own insecurity about, you know, the way you look or the way you t- walk, talk, whatever it could be, like you always feel different. Mm-hmm. But I think that like I celebrate my difference. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. I'm I'm glad that I look like this, walk like this, talk like this. And so, yeah, maybe growing up, I felt like a little bit of an outsider. But as an adult, I'm like, yes, girl, yeah. I, I love me, this and me. Yeah, right. I totally agree. Because I'm in the same situation. We're both mixed race. Yeah. 
Um, my mother's from Peru. She's Latin. My father's from New Zealand. He's white as white can be. So I had these two different cultures. I had my dad's white culture. Mm-hmm. And when I would go to that side of the family, I'm the brown guy. And then go to my mother's side of the family, I'm the white guy. So I was just oh, wow. always yeah. somewhere yeah. in between. I was never quite never the same quite, as him. Never quite. Yeah. I was a little different. Like, even though I am, like, uh, Mexican and Irish, I look so Irish, no one would ever know. Yeah. But my last name is so... Hispanic that yeah. people are like, what? Uh-huh. Excuse me. So it's not until somebody looks at me, you know, document wise. Yeah. But you know, I was always that very, very flamboyant one. Mm-hmm. Not really flam. Girl, I was just walking. I'm sorry that I walk like Naomi Campbell. Yeah. That's not my fault. Yeah. But you know, in you know, elementary school in the '80s, you're not supposed to walk like that, right? Yeah. Or talk like you, this. Yeah. So that was that's how I sort of relate to this song. Um, feeling like an outsider when everyone around me is like, you know, yeah, I'm, heterosexual. But that same feeling is probably what Mariah is talking about. Maybe she was in a white neighborhood out there in Long Island and her hair's curlier than everybody else. Oh, of course. That's exactly what she's talking yeah, about. So that's, that's exactly yeah. uh, what this whole song is. But you see how you can relate in, in any type of outside. If mm-hmm. you're not the norm, yeah. then you are an outsider and... You don't I think fit in the box. You don't fit in the box. And the box so, can be a culture. It could be um, white culture, black culture, Latin mm-hmm. culture. It could be so many things. Yeah. The uh, church. Yeah. Like all kinds of things that you don't fit into. Absolutely. Even, you know, even if you don't fit into your own family, mm-hmm. like how am I the one that doesn't fit? Like, aren't we all, but it's, you could like have a family that's completely different and uh-huh. you don't even know. Like, yeah. you're like, what, what, what why am I the, on the outside? Right. Um, but it's just an overall good song. I think this is, you know, a lot of these songs on Butterfly, I think Mariah really connects to. Uh, even the song Butterfly and My All and The Roof and mm-hmm. Close My Eyes. But I think this one, because she specifically wrote it about her growing, you know, up biracial, I think this one has a very special place in her heart. Mm-hmm. Very special place. I also think because this is the first time that she wrote a song sort of about being biracial. Yeah. Or about feeling outside. Yeah. That it holds a special place for her. Well, um, you know, we mentioned in the first episode of this Butterfly Saga how looking in kind of sets off the butterfly movement. Mm -hmm. And then you connected it to outside. I feel like she had to explain herself in this song because she was looking at herself from the outside like the way we the people were seeing the public was seeing her and but she knew inside she actually has this particular insecurity and she could see herself as is she white is she black what's going on here she could see what everyone else was seeing Mm -hmm. and so she had to explain so this is her explaining herself what's really going on yeah, on the inside, it, it completes the whole story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. that's that's exactly my whole thought of this, and that's this that's why this song really brings it on home. Like it really rounds it out because mm-hmm. now she's really telling you, and because she's telling you, it's hard to explain. Inherently, it's always been strange. It's like always she's telling been strange. You, still, tor- still telling you, like this is what I'm feeling inside. Right, it's not a love story, and, and there's no metaphors. Right, we're not, we're not, we're going straight for it. Yeah, uh-huh. there's no um, digging any other way around mm-hmm, it. It's mm-hmm. just, it's straight there for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's start talking about the lyrics here. So right off the bat, she she tells us why it's hard to explain, um, but feeling neither here nor there 
always somewhere out of place. Mm-hmm. I mean, that... Ambiguous. Ambiguous. Without a sense of belonging? To touch. Yeah, uh-huh. Some way, halfway, feeling there's no one completely the same. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's crazy when you... The, it's a feeling that's really hard to describe, but Mariah does it very well in this song. Yeah. No one wants to feel alone. You know, like, what does Oprah say? Like, everybody wants to know, like, you hear me, you see me, you know, like that yeah. helps people know that they are here. But when you feel like no one sees you or no one is fully accepting of you, mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty hurtful on like the human level. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even about like, oh, you're taking it too seriously or, you know, oh, you're no, like. If you as a human being are not heard, seen, and people are acknowledging you, it's the worst feeling. Yeah. It's the worst. Because that's the basics that you need just on a human race level. And when you don't fit into the box, it's hard to get that acceptance or, you know, that connection. Yeah, feeling a part of something. Yeah. Um, So when I like was hearing this song it kind of reminded me of being back in high school because and i and i actually have spoken to like other friends as time goes on who are also mixed race different completely different races but they feel the same thing like in high school we had all the kids would like divide into cliques mm-hmm, and it wasn't course. like popularity cliques like the greek kids were together the chinese kids were together the italian kids were together like the kids like divided themselves up into the, the ethnic groups, right? Organic, sort of like on their yeah. own, right? Because they had their cultural things. I had friends in high school, but it was just never in a clique. And so you would see these other people who have like, almost like a camaraderie and a family within the school, but you're always on the outside of that. And even though you interact with these kids, still like you're just never quite the same. No, it's it's yeah, you're completely. All, you're kind of always floating on the outside because the thing is, you uh, you want to and like these kids going off into their own little you know cliques, their own little cultural little worlds in schools and even in real life. Like mm-hmm. they do that naturally yeah. because there is that that familiarity familiarity with yeah. it, uh-huh. and it, it's easy. Like yeah. you're gonna have common interests, mm-hmm. common cultural habits, things like that, which and, is totally fine. Which is perfect. Perfectly yeah. fine, um, but when you're in that clique, you never think about oh, oh, little Mariah standing outside exactly, and we're yes. not inviting her in. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, or whoever, little JoJo, but, whoever. Yeah, but I even found like when I was, I would sometimes hang out with a clique, and you just wouldn't be a part of it. You you are literally on the outside of it always. You will you, never be in You it. will never be in it because yeah. you will always be different. Yeah. Which is what this song is about. Like, exactly. She's, she's like, no matter what, yeah. you know, even, you You're know. never quite the same. You will never, you'll never, never. Yeah. It's just impossible. Yeah. But, uh, sort of like what I was saying, it, and that's okay. Yeah. Like, I was saying earlier, like, I celebrate the fact that I'm different and mm-hmm. I don't fit in with everybody else mm-hmm. because I like me. I think the whole point is... I don't think that this is her telling us she's had a bad experience. She's just telling us how she's feeling on the outside. Absolutely. Rightfully yeah. so. And it's okay to feel these feelings yeah, as uh-huh. well. Um, I just, you know, I'm the type of person that doesn't like to dwell on. Right. So, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Believe me. Oh, I, I know that even though I don't dwell on, mm-hmm. I know I'm always an outsider. Mm-hmm. I, it will never change. Oh, yeah. No matter what. I f- you will never be. It's Yeah. 
Well, well I think um, as you get older, you kind of just forget, like it becomes funny. It's, you realise it's not the most important thing in the whole world to be an outsider. Right, exactly. It happened you know? to me when I moved from Australia to America. I was instantly an outsider and I still am an outsider because the American culture is so much denser than you realise. There's just so much I will never learn, like sports teams and things and like right, cultural references. Right. Like I'll just, so many conversations I have with people. No matter how long you live in, you'll exactly. never be. Right. Yeah, because I'll have conversations and I'm like, what are you talking about? I just will have no idea of like names and sports teams. Like, I'm like, yeah, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't either. So. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll just never be a part of that. Like, yeah, you know, I'll always be an outsider and it's just, you know, you become aware of it as an adult and you just, who cares? Right. I mean, there's more important things going on in yeah. the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you always want to make sure that you're in touch with your personal feelings and your personal demons yeah. and, you know, but, making sure you're aware. Well, I think that's why like liking yourself becomes more important. Okay, so moving along with the lyrics of the song, um, the the chorus is sort of very, the chorus is beautiful, but she says, standing alone, eager to just believe it's good enough to be what you really are. Mm-hmm. You know, like you really want to be like, it's okay just to be me. Like I can be me. I can love me. Mm-hmm. But then she goes in your heart, uncertainty forever lies and you'll always be somewhere on the outside. Like mm-hmm. that's exactly what it is. It's like growing and knowing that you are a okay and you were meant to be exactly who you are and what you are, but you're, you're never going to be on the inside of this certain click this certain culture this certain yeah. group also i think mariah probably it probably did cause stress in her life and she was upset by it because she did have a completely different experience than we would have had she was growing up 20 years 10 uh, years 100 100 percent. you know in a different whole different, different time era. like yeah. where you don't you don't talk about it it's uh, i talk about it but she i know mariah happen. made this this song about like being biracial yeah. but every time i go to i think about this song it i always go back to the whole gay straight thing because yeah. that's how like for you i feel for me yeah uh, and that's why i love this song and i connect to it so i'm like again yes and mariah growing up in the 70s being biracial like that's just not happening like that's not right like people don't allow that so you yeah. have like a deeper rooted issue Whereas, you know, somebody nowadays... It's normal. It's normal. Uh So sort of like with me, like when I was born in the 80s, people were gay, but you don't talk about it. Yeah. You You don't want to be that. Yeah. But now look, nowadays, it's like the same thing. It's like totally acceptable. Oh, yeah. In most areas. In most areas. And young. And young. Young people come out. You can be, you know, out Mm -hmm. before you're in elementary school. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know? Like... Yeah. In the past 40 to 50 years, things have really changed. Mm -hmm. So it's a different life. And had Mariah been born, maybe 15 years later, Mm -hmm. she wouldn't have written a song like Outside because it would have just been more acceptable. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, a lot of these songs on Butterfly, I think, are healing for her. Well, yeah. And this is part of the healing process, this particular song, because for her, it wasn't about... Oh, I don't have. I didn't have friends in high school. She had stuff happen to her family and her house, and you know, physical physical attacks. Right. 
occur to the family. Right. It was, it was like a, a scary really thing. bad. Yeah. Like actually you, scary. You were not supposed to be, yeah. you know, and constantly moving and mm-hmm. the neighborhood won't accept you. Right. Right. Because it's, of your parents. Yes. I get the deep realness of it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Because like it's, yeah, it's not us going, oh, we didn't, the, we couldn't get in the click. Right. Cool. No, it's much, much, much deeper than that. I think right. we're just bringing it to like a, a, our level, our level of, you know, yeah. easy relatability. Yeah. Like this was, this is serious business. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I get the fact of why Mariah needed this release and this song mm-hmm. and why this song falls where it does in her discography and mm-hmm. the the chronological, you know, place it has in mm-hmm. her life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm fully on board with that. Um, she probably also needed it because, like we said, she was probably experiencing the old Mariah Carey with a turtleneck and, and long pants, was experiencing something that her original self never experienced, which was probably acceptance. And it probably was uncomfortable. Okay, well, this that well that brings me to an interesting thought because now I'm thinking that whole early career Mariah ninety to like ninety six. Yeah, I feel and I know like there were a lot, there was a lot of talk like oh another white girl another black girl trying to sing white or mm-hmm. whatever the headlines were like mm-hmm. back in the day mm-hmm. because even in the early nineties white girl it, trying to sing black that's what it was yeah. and it's like even in the early nineties it was like oh you, nobody's biracial right you know it's but it's it's not but there people are biracial but it's just not talked about like there's yeah. Holly Berry there's Vanessa Williams oh you didn't see him you, you know what I mean mm-hmm. there's not they're they're not like big in in Hollywood or in, mm-hmm. on the magazines and things. Mm-hmm. So um so early Mariah from like 90 to 95, yeah. 96 even. So I feel like they sort of made her they molded her to be a little bit more white yeah. than she probably would have liked. Uh-huh. Number one, you can hear it in the sound of her music. Yeah. It's all middle of the road, you know, general across the board, you know, white mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Mariah growing up hip hop, you know, mm-hmm. she's loving that, which is much more of a black culture thing, mm-hmm. especially in the 80s and early 90s. Mm-hmm. Now it's more more diverse. Mm-hmm. But I bet she felt so outside because she was, oh, my God, I have to be a white woman. Yes. Like, this isn't me. Not comfortable. I'm not comfortable here. I I mean, she probably wasn't comfortable because she would have liked to have worn different things, but she probably just wasn't comfortable portraying this image of, like, what she isn't, which is very white, general, middle of the road. Yeah, but also doing, being, what air quotes, white Mariah and and running in, in those crowds now, the, the air quote white crowds, she's probably thinking, these are the people that tormented me as a kid. Right. She probably doesn't, you, and she's also married to this very powerful white man, and they, he probably has all white friends. Mm-hmm. She's always around these old, stuffy white people, mm-hmm. and she just can't connect and relate with anyone around her. So she feels so isolated. And probably hearing racist comments from them. Oh, I'm sure, all the sexist, time. all the horrible all things. All the time. Especially back then, it was just freely oh, said. Oh, it was, oh, they were animals. 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 Yeah. We still got animals today, though. Oh, they still, <laughs> oh, like. Don't go, get me started. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, because um, I go to, I go to kickboxing regularly, and this one guy said to me, because <laughs> um, you do, like, train, you do, like, partner drills and stuff, and this guy goes, hey, do you want to partner up? I was like, yeah, cool. He's like, you don't want to go with the girls. And I was like, 
Mm, actually, I kind of actually, yeah. I, actually, I do because yeah. in gym class in high school, yeah, exactly. I always played on the girls' team. Yeah, Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah. So, but absolutely, just, like, just had felt free to like you know cut women down. Right, exactly. And like, so I just imagine what Mariah's circles were in. Uh, was right, Mariah was here during the early '90s, you know, and she yeah. doesn't want to ruffle any feathers or yeah. rock the boat because she's oh, finally oh. her dream is finally becoming a reality. Reveal herself. Exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. So you people. don't want to do any of that. So here she is in this early part of her career and she's already lived, you know, 20 years of her life feeling on the outside. And yeah. now she's like, I'm never, am I ever going to get out of this craziness of my life and be yeah. me, me, me? Yeah. And that's when finally Butterfly came and this song and she's finally able to talk about it yes. through her music and really sort of, you know, do the therapeutic work she needs to start accepting it and moving on. Yeah. Also, because now I'm getting epiphanies, she was probably traumatized by these racist people when she was growing up, thinking, I wish I was in on that side of the fence. And so uh-huh. she got this break and was on that side of the fence. Uh-huh. And then she realizes, oh my God, I don't want to be here. No, this is not where I want to be. I want to get out of this. Yeah, that's probably exactly what was going on. Yeah. I'm sure she had a lot of inner turmoil that was going on in the early parts of her career that nobody knew. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew of. And she wasn't able to put a song like Outside on Emotions album. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or even Music Box for that matter. Yeah. That just would not have been acceptable at the time yeah. and even if it, even if like she did write these types of songs at that point in time and have a song like outside ready to be on the album you know someone like Tommy Mottola and those record label Squashed execs it. would not have allowed it yeah so we could have been missing out I'm sure on great songs that touched upon her internal turmoil um, with and confusion about being biracial and not fitting in just who she is just who she is as a person. Because also at the time, she can't be herself. She's, she's being told, this is who you are. Right. I, I, th- I also think like, you know, just as a whole, this is the first time where Mariah's really talking about her in her life. Mm-hmm. All of these other songs that we get, even though they are all inspired by her life, like Vision of Love and, mm-hmm. you know, Make It Happen and things like that. She basically singing about, you know, love songs and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And things, Inspiration. And, and, you know, yeah. things like that. But this album and this outside song and even looking in, I think I said it like looking in is the first real emotional Mariah Carey song. The first real Mariah Carey song. Exactly. Uh Like real, like this is like my, this is from my diary. Yeah. This is my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions. Whereas, you know, like, yeah, I'm sure in, you know, songs like I am free or melt away. Those all are part of her as well. Mm. Or even songs like vanishing. She's inspired by parts of her life and who she is, but they, have all this other stuff thrown in there to make a hit record. Right. Whereas with looking in and outside and most of the songs on Butterfly, they don't have to be like that. They don't have all those other things. They can just be exactly what she's feeling and her true self. Okay. So. (laughs) Yeah. You know, um, how Walter Asanasiev. I can never say his name. I can never say it either. Walter. Walter A. You know how they um, had a falling out? Right. Do you think it could be because Mariah started confining in him, like how she was really feeling about Tommy and the marriage and herself, so he could get on the same page in terms of songwriting, and then he's, he's the one that spilt the beans? 
to the record label and Tommy. Like he he's the one that told Tommy what's going to go down because he's the, had the first insight to right. what she's really feeling. Right. Okay, that's interesting. I sort of say yes to that, but my theory mm. has always been that their falling out is over Walter, obviously Mariah and Walter were close, so they were probably writing songs and throwing inspirations back and forth. So obviously Walter did have a inside track to what's going on in Mariah's life and how she's feeling. Mm. But I think what he did is I think he told Tanya Matola that she was sleeping with Derek Jeter. Mm. I think that's where the real fallout came. But do you think she would have told him that? Yeah, because when they're writing songs together, yeah, she's probably, maybe she, yeah, yeah, she did. Uh, because you think, oh, I can trust you. And that, but that, mm. and when that trust collapsed between Mariah and Walter, she's not going to go back and be creative with and him. be creative yeah. with him. Even though I really wish she should, like it's, it's 20 years ago, girl, it let it Hash go. It yeah. I mean, let it go. Yeah. But that's another reason why Mariah then became very fearful of what's going to happen when Butterfly was coming out. She's like, okay, this man, like, I did him dirty. Uh-huh. Um, he's mad I'm leaving probably. Um, I'm paranoid. Like, what is he going to do? Mm. What is, what's going to happen with my career? Is he going to release my music? What's mm-hmm. going on? Mm. And that's why she had to get rid of everybody Everybody who had any connection to Tommy or the record label, mm. she got rid of them. Mm-hmm. Like lawyers, management, publicists, assistants, everything. publicists, everything. Well, she hung on to Cindy Berger for a little bit. Um, but I think Cindy was m- a little more on the outside. Mm. Um, but she got rid of everybody. She had to clean house because she's like, well, if this guy mm. is going to tell, then so are all these other people who I think are my friends mm-hmm. and I've been working with for the past six years, mm-hmm. you know, because you can never really trust people. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, you can trust people. Yeah. It's, that's your own business. But, you know, I do think he did. He did give insight whether or not my theory of you know, spilling the beans on sleeping and adultery or spilling the beans on, Hey, you know, she's going to leave, she's going to leave you and she's going in a different direction musically. Whatever he said, he said something for sure, because I specifically remember Mariah saying, I think it was in the Tabitha Soren interview. Mm. And she's like, Oh, what is, um, what, what, what's going on with Walter? Like, you know, are you guys friends? What's, what's, what happened? Mm. And, she said something like, well, you know, I'm not going to talk about it. It's just like, you know, when you tell your best friend a secret and they go blab it to everybody. Yeah. So clearly he had told something he wasn't supposed to. Yeah, exactly. But I'm sure Tommy was probably down his throat, you know, like, tell me what Mariah's doing. Tell me what she's doing. Uh-huh. So it could have been musically. It could have been personally. Yeah. I don't know. But I think it was personal because it just sounds more scandalous. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but Walter would have just... Kn- like, I bet Walter instinctively knew what was up just based on whatever songs Mariah started to write. He well, I think I'm yeah. sure that Walter had to know Mariah, you know, musically and the type of music that Mariah listened to. Yeah. You know, with all, all the things in the samples and things that she wanted to include in music. I'm sure he had a, a, a good feeling of where she wanted to go. Yeah. Just naturally. And I bet, you know, I bet she just was super comfortable around him and just, just probably told him too much. Probably, that's what you know, and that's what happens. But, you know, that's a different time, different place. I really wish they would work together. They do. They did make beautiful music together. I know. It would be nice, but whatever. It is what it is. Mariah's good on her own. 
and uh, so is Walter. And they'll be living off of All I Want for Christmas is You for the rest of their lives. They will. And generations to come. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, okay, okay, back outside. to outside. Yes. <laughs> How are we get crazy? All over. All relative, though. It is. It is all relative. <laughs> so um, sh- well, sh- let's get yeah. into some more of the lyrics as we go along because they're beautifully written lyrics. And... Um, Beautiful parts of the song with the gospel choirs and everything. Where where did where should we start with these lyrics? Where did we leave off with these lyrics? Is more like it. Well, we've got the second verse out, and that's kind of like, that's the bulk of the song. I do love some of the lyrics uh, more towards the end. I believe they're in the bridge. I, I, I guess she, when she says irreversibly falling in between and it's hard to understand as you are. Mm-hmm. And God knows that you're standing on your own blind and unguided into a world divided. Mm. Your throne where you're never quite the same. That's really specific to her childhood. I think so too. Yeah. Like, cause she didn't ask for this. She yeah. was literally thrown into this and, and, and blinded and unguided is like blinded because you don't know that, Oh, this is what's going to be happening. And mm-hmm. unguided because who in the sixties knows how to, who can you look up to, yeah. to as a biracial person who's been through it already? Right, you know what I mean. Yeah, you you don't yeah. have any avenue because the road hasn't been paved yet, and you can't look at your parents because your mother is having the white experience, your dad's having the black experience. Right. There's and no there's no guidance there. Yeah. there. There's no one to look for to do that. You that's why you're literally on your own. Yes, there there's no you know oh I have a mixed friend at school mm-hmm. that's pr- highly unlikely. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or or oh there's a mixed person on TV mm-hmm. highly unlikely in these days. Mm-hmm. So that's where I feel like those lyrics um, come from and I think it's a very valid point as to we were saying a little earlier back in these days there was this mixed biracial people weren't walking the streets like this mm-hmm. it was a totally different day and age yeah you kind of had to like figure out how to blend in or pass right you had you had to be one or the other yeah and that well, was I think Mariah's thing a lot of times growing up and even when she became you know a public figure why do I have to choose Oh, I have to be a, a white Mariah for the white audience or mm-hmm. a black Mariah for the black audience. Mm-hmm. You know, why? Why can't she just do what she wants? Why mm-hmm. can't she be a white girl if she wants or a black girl if she wants or somewhere in the middle, mm-hmm. wherever she wants to be? Yeah. But everybody, because everybody needs to categorize you. Um, I don't know why that is, but it's just, why does everyone want to do that? Jesus. 
Uh, when Precious came out to the movie, Precious, mm-hmm. I went to see it uh, on 125th Street. Because I actually lived in the book where Precious lives. I actually like, lived right there. Oh, you was up on the 125? Yeah. No, oh. Well, she was like on 120th and 5th Avenue. But there's like a, oh. there's a scene in the book where Precious is like walking. And she literally walked by my apartment up, mm. up to 125th Street. And they like spoke about real landmarks. Oh. And that's how I would get to work. So I was like, oh my God. This is, I'm Precious. This is where yeah. Precious is. Yeah. But anyway, so I went to go see Precious on 125th. And when Mariah came on, the people in the audience were like, you know how Precious in the movie says, what are you, Miss Weiss? Are you white or black? What are you? People, you know that line? Yeah. They quest, like they threw that in. Is you white? Is, is you mixed? Uh-huh. People in the audience were like, yeah, what is she? I don't even know. Is she black? People still snickering still, at her. I mean, to this day. To this day. I mean, whatever. You know, whatever. It's yeah. 2009. But, um, but still, like still... Like giving that kind of um, attitude towards her about her right. skin color, and that's that's the crazy thing about it. You know what I mean? Like I, no matter what I tell anybody, I will always be seen as a white person, mm-hmm. no matter what my ethnicity or my name says. Yeah, sort of like with Mariah because she has that skin tone yeah. where you know she would just naturally appear white or Latina. Yeah. You know, people would not think. I mean, nowadays you think that people would get it, but they don't Mm -hmm. because people have thick skulls. Mm -hmm. And in all honesty, though, I never think about those things. No, me too. I never, it never crosses my mind. It never crossed my mind with Mariah. Oh, this, oh, I like her. She's white girl. Uh I would, oh, I like Janet Jackson. She's black. Uh But her brother's white now. Like that kind of shit (laughs) never crosses my mind. Yeah. Even to this day, I'm like, I don't know. I, yes, I, Refer to people as their color or their race, if you will, but that's more of an identifying type of thing. Yeah, I never think like, oh, you're this, that, or the other. Like, it just I don't see how other people do. Yeah, because I it never crosses my mind. So how does it cross other people's mind? Oh, that's a that's a white person. That's a black person. I know. Doesn't it doesn't for me? Trying to make them different, right? I, I think uh, you know. You and I both went to the Oprah Winfrey Leadership Academy for yes, 25 years. Yes, we did. Years. Yes, of course. Yes. So I think we were raised right. I think we were raised right. Yeah. Not to, you know, you don't, you don't think about it. And I also think, especially for me, knowing that, you know, uh, you know, all the negativity that, yeah. you know, I got growing up just for being gay or not, you know, or, or just too feminine, mm-hmm. you know, I would never want to put that on another person. Yeah. So I just think maybe I was just trained in me to be like, just who cares what they are? Because I know what it's like to have people judge me. Why do I want to judge someone else? Yeah. I think, you know, Oh, believe me, I can shade someone to hell, but Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like usually that's just all in fun. Right. So I think, um, probably for us, it's probably more about, are you a nice person? Right. Versus what color is your skin? Absolutely. That's how it always has been for me because, you know, it's... Uh, it doesn't matter what color your skin is. Y- right. Are you an asshole or yeah. are you not? Uh-huh. Because if you're not, then we can be friends. Yeah. Otherwise, get the f- away from me. Mm-hmm. That, that's how it's always been. Yeah. I just don't... I don't see color lines. I really don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but anyways, I love Outside. It's a beautiful wrap-up ending to this album. She did. Has she ever done it live? Never. Never, right? Never. I don't even think a snippet... I wonder if it's like a real painful song for her. Well, I think it would be perfect to bring out on a lamb tour or the Butterfly 20 tour. Yeah. Something like that, I think, would be the perfect setting for it with a nice big gospel choir. And, you know, I think 
it could be a healing moment mm-hmm. for Mariah and a lot of her fans so just to see it. this live. Yeah, just hear it. It would be outstanding. It would be a full circle moment. I think so too. Yeah. I put that in the suggestion box. Uh-huh. Um, but having said that, I think we should wrap up this final chapter. Yes, this is the end of the Butterfly album. Just the praise, the praise for this album is endless. Like, we really could go on and on, but... Do you know what's funny? Since we've been talking about it out loud, top to bottom, I'm almost, like, reformulating thoughts in my head. I'm like, I could go again, do, like, a follow-up Yes, series. of course. Well, we do have more episodes coming. We do. Um, they, they will not be chapters. They will just sort of be, like, bonus episodes Add-ons. with remixes and, yeah. you know, uh, overall discussions. Uh-huh. Uh, the butterfly effect, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. So, stay tuned for all of those. Thanks for listening. Thanks to for listening. Saga. I'm Dan Enriquez. I'm Martin Burgess. And this has been... Butterfly. The Magnum Opus. So